Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPEL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation. You can also send a me- send us a message through the KPEL app chat. If you've got the app, you're listening to the show, or maybe just have it on your phone right next to you there in the car. Don't type while you're driving, please. But if you're, you know, caught in an after-school line waiting to pick your kid up, you want to send a message to me or our guest today, feel free. Joining us in the studio, I enjoy being on Winging It Wednesday with him, uh, Stephen Hanwork. Uh, I, you know, I play a political analyst here on the radio, but he actually does the work of one, granted, on the other side of the aisle. But I love it when we're up against each other and we get to talk about some of these things, and not just on the ideological level, but like the actual campaign strategy level. Yeah. Stephen, thank you very much for joining us. I am so excited to be here. Um, it also was nice that I didn't have to wake up uh, to an alarm at oh my right? god o'clock in the morning to come in and actually be on the station. So yeah, um, I think this will be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, we, it will not be us tomorrow. It will be uh, Jacob White and Mark, and I may be coming. And I haven't. Uh, we trying to make sure nobody at home is sick, but I may be on Wing Wednesday. But uh, for today, I'll, we don't have Bernie to boss us around. This right. is great. <laughs> Unleashed. Uh, yeah, just Unleashed. absolutely. Uh, and you know, I it's been. A goal of mine, because I, yes, I am a conservative, I talk conservative things, talk conservative ideas all the time, uh, but I like talking the analysis. I've talked about the polls ad nauseum, because I think it's fascinating to watch the trends, how things are going one way or the other. And we're getting within, we're, we're what, five weeks away now? Yeah. And this is kind of it. I mean, you you mentioned that uh, we've got quarterly filings coming up, so everybody protect your phones, your your numbers, everything, right? Yeah, RIP. Your uh, you might want to turn your phone on. Do not disturb. Actually, for the next few days, um, I know I have probably gotten about thirty text messages today um, alone uh, asking for money as uh, the campaigns close out their quarters on the federal level. Um, so you're going to be hearing from a lot of different folks. If you ever gave. You're going to be hearing from folks. I I have tried so very hard. I I you know I get Gary Chambers emails. Uh-huh. I never signed up, but I sent the campaign. I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to everybody. You want to come on my right. show and talk about it? Somehow I got oh, put yeah. on the email list instead. So I'm I'm is they have a good digital folks right. uh, that are adding folks. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they they got me on that. So I get the emails. I haven't donated anything. I haven't donated anything to anybody since uh, since Terry McAuliffe first. What year was that? Was that had to be uh, the Cuccinelli race. That was a while back. Was that eleven? Um, well, no, that's no, when that, he, thirteen. That was thirteen. Yeah, I think that that sounds right. Yeah, because so, he had left the DNC by that point. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah, and I I was already living down here. So yeah, it had it had to have been the thirteen race. So anyway, uh, I donated once. Then I haven't donated since. But I've avoided Act Blue. I've invo- I've avoided Win Red. Yeah. I've avoided both platforms for both sides. And I really, I just read the tweets. I yeah. read whatever tweets they put yep. out there um, because that, that to me, is a little more pure than a fundraising pitch, although not much. Well, you know, with the tweets, at least, uh, it's kind of unfiltered. They have to make sure that when you're sending out the tweets, of course, now I guess you have circles or whatever. I can't keep up. Right. Um, but they have to speak to a more general audience. So, you know, a lot of times when you really try, especially towards the end of a campaign, you guys all keep your eyes open for this. Mm -hmm. You're going to find folks trying to talk out of both sides of their mouth. 
Um, oh, yeah. You'll see a lot of campaigns trying to do that. So they'll talk to their, you know, if, if you're on the more conservative side, they're going to talk more of the religious side and all that kind of stuff to the folks that they've identified and targeted as their religious folks. They'll talk more of the conservative libertarian bent to their more conservative, let's say, uh, business types. Yeah. And so you'll see a little bit of that. And seeing that contrast is always fun for us because we like to try and catch them in the double speak. Yeah, it, it, it both sides. We love yep, it. It's, exactly. it's one of our, and it's it's for me as somebody who writes digital content. That's it. That's yeah. that's like the the gold star stuff. You can it really, really is. You can draw in the traffic by saying, "Hey, look what they said when they exactly. said this." Exactly. Exactly. They say you're most important, but look at what they're saying to their donors. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the home stretch here yeah. because we have. Uh, we have a very narrow, I, th I think the last estimate I saw is that it looks like the house is going to flip. Uh, even, even with, uh, e even without, uh, re or e without the, the wave, mm -hmm. even with just redistricting, it looked like it favored Republicans going in. And I don't think Kevin McCarthy would be releasing his plan for next term. If, it, if, if the house wasn't almost assured that I don't think Kevin right. McCarthy has the, the bravado mm -hmm. to go out and, and sit and put out a policy plan before an election, unless he's confident they're going to win. But the, the question really comes to the Senate. Yeah. What in, in your perspective, just as somebody you've, you've worked with party politics, mm -hmm. you're now, I think, and you're now independent of them. You, yeah. you work, you work as a democratic consultant on your own, but uh, what are you kind of seeing? What are you kind of hearing as far as the Senate races go? Look, I, I really think that the Senate uh, is going to do well for us, uh, mm -hmm. for the Democrats. You know, when you look at that, you know, we've got a, you know, Senate, by definition, you vote the whole state, right? Yeah. And so uh, the demographic shift, it's not like you can redistrict those seats, right? And so by being able to look at those and, and looking at not only where the polling is, you know, right now, I think a lot of information has been coming out on the polling. And certainly for those of us that kind of are like watching every time, you know, the wind blows mm -hmm. um, to find out exactly what's going on. Right. And try and predict the tea leaves. Right. The biggest thing that I'm seeing right now is, is that there is a strong push there uh, that the Senate is probably, you know, Democrats are probably going to pick up two to four seats mm -hmm. um, in the Senate, which is exactly what Joe Biden's asking for, by right. the way. Um, and that would be good for us, uh, for sure. Now the question obviously goes over to the house. I'm not so sure. Um, I, from the details that I'm seeing mm -hmm. from the voter registration push that we've seen post row, um, and seeing, um, a, a bunch of folks register now. Because you and I have been doing this for a while, we right. both know registrations don't mean right. anything when it actually comes to turning out. Um, and is this going to be like a normal midterm election where only these base voters turn out and vote and we don't see presidential level numbers? I, I don't know. Um, that's the hard thing that we're trying to figure out with these polls. Now, so the polls, I think, are the, are the fascinating thing to look at because right, you have multiple stories coming in, not just from the right, but... But from from traditional news sources, even uh, even left leaning news sources, all saying pollsters are very worried they might have gotten it wrong. They might be undercounting Republican voters again. Is the shy MAGA voter a thing this time? Uh, and you know some of the trends indicate you know you're you're seeing a couple seats for the for the Democrats based on the trends. And I've looked at this, I'm digging into some of these polls. I'm seeing that Georgia could flip. I'm seeing that uh, Nevada could flip. And it, it really looks like the way these trends are going, 
Could we break even here? Well, the, first off, the could is incredibly possible. Yeah. Um, I think that it is just by the nature of how our communities have evolved. Mm -hmm. um, the nature of polling has completely changed. And yeah. so I don't know uh, that any of these pollsters have it. Right. Um, I really don't. And who actually then ends up turning out? Um, I feel much more confident about those two seats yeah. that you, you bring up uh, just from uh, looking and seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, the interesting thing about Georgia, especially, is because they've got so much going on all at once. Right. right? They've got governor down to dog catcher basically on their ballot right now. And so seeing those efforts kind of um, all kind of congeal together, that's not a great word, I think, for radio, but for them to all start coming together. It's not a good word in general. I don't you're like right, the word. You're right. Well, that one and moist. You yeah. know, both of those are problematic in my mind. Um, so anyhow, I really am, uh, I'm incredibly interested at the, the practitioners that are out there. Right. And figuring out what are the buttons that they're pressing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you would have told me, my good friend, <laughs> if you would have made the prediction uh, that Sarah Palin was going to, or if anyone made the prediction to me, I kind of laughed when that, they were telling me that Sarah Palin wasn't going to win that special congressional. Right. And for her, for a special, you and I, again, going back to all of our experience, special... Excuse me. <laughs> Specials are so hard to win. They are. They are so hard they're to win. They're the worst. They're just the absolute worst in trying to predict who's going to turn out, why they're going to turn out, what's motivating them at the end of the day. It could be a long grocery line yeah. that prevents them from voting. And to see that, to see Sarah Palin losing in Alaska really was a shocker to me. And so I don't know what that says. I don't know if it says anything right. towards what we're going to see in November. Um, but it's certainly got to give me a little bit of hope and a little bit of a spring in my step. All right, let's go ahead and take this break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more. What is the go-home message mm. here? What is the go-home message for both parties? We'll have that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show. Stephen Hanwork joining me. We'll be back in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. Stephen Hanwork joining me uh, for the show today. And really just talking about, uh, you know, the state of the midterm has been talking a lot about that. And, you know, what is the go home message here? What what is. Okay, so let me ask a two part question. First of all, before we get to what the actual message is at this point in the race, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to keep the other guys at home? Are you trying to rally your own people? Or are you trying to get crossover? Joe. I would never admit <laughs> to try and keeping the other side home. That would be um, that would be highly um, unethical. What I am talking about, though, and what I think is incredibly important is is certainly leaning in uh, to making sure that you're making your best arguments mm -hmm. right now. And one of the things that I think is important because things have changed. Yeah. Um, attention spans have changed, and so what was a hot topic 30 days ago. Voters need to be reminded of that, um, and you need to be able to do that. So your best hits right now, you may have had like an education week where you messaged all week on education points. Right. And someone would ask you about Medicare, and you would pivot back to education because you're good at messaging, right? But the thing is, right now, you've got to be giving your best arguments. You've got mm -hmm. to give your most motivational arguments. And certainly right now, for a large portion of our base, um, it's talking about Roe. Um, it's talking about the loss of uh, individualism, the loss of being able to choose your own destiny. And 
a lot of folks are responding to that, left, right, and center, um, are responding to that sort of a message. And I think that's what you're going to see Democrats closing on right now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're seeing right now with uh, the Stacey Abrams stuff. And of course, she's getting hit yep. from the right over the comments of there's no such thing as a, as a six-week fetal heartbeat. But at the same time, the Republican message on that, on, a, on the abortion issue in particular, has been kind of scattered. Mm. The the Republicans have not been doing a very good job of keeping their most fringe right. at bay. And we're talking about the people who are absolutely, we need to arrest anybody who tries to cross state lines for abortion. We need to make sure to get right. rid of rape, incest, and life of the mother right. exceptions, all that. But at the same time, the Republicans seem to, just based on the polling information, seem to be winning the argument on economic issues. Right. Which is going to be more motivating for that that golden goose, the independent voters? Is it going to be the row argument or is it going to be the economic argument? You know, I think that that's a good question. And I think that, again, if you were asking me that question two months ago, um, I would have told you that, you know, Democrats were going to be, you know, getting their lunch handed to them. Right. Because the economic uh, message was becoming more persuasive. Now that we're actually seeing some easing, especially at the gas pump, I think that mm -hmm. has been such a huge barometer of what's going on. Seeing those prices continue to fall is something that I think is certainly good uh, for families, you know, wallets. Um, and I think that that is going to be helpful. But, you know, when you go back, you know, Nancy Pelosi's not always known for her little throwaway comments. Mm -hmm. um, but when she gave that, and the reason why I think it, it did so well, she made the flippant conversation that uh, for many Republicans, life begins at the uh, candlelit dinner the night before. <laughs> that, I mean, that hit hard. Like, some, it made people start to think a little bit. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm getting some people on my side that don't really care for Nancy mm -hmm. um, and haven't really cared for Nancy in some time. We're saying, holy crap, you know, I think that that's a message that kind of resonates. That yeah. because they keep moving, like you said, I think, well, you didn't say, I'm not putting words in your <laughs> mouth. But by moving those goalposts, right. by constantly changing and getting like, I have to be more conservative. How do I become more conservative on this conversation? How do I get further to the right? And we've seen that on my side, mm -hmm. right? We've seen folks chasing after Bernie Sanders for the longest oh, time. Those are trying to get trying to get <laughs> further to the left than Bernie Sanders, which, quite frankly, I don't think that that's possible. Um, but but here we are. Right. You know, that, and that, that brings up a very interesting point is how far is too far on either mm -hmm. side? Is, is Bernie Sanders or an AOC, is that going to be, is that too extreme? Is that going to chase people off? And by the same token, is going back to a Donald Trump going to be too extreme and push people back toward the middle? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's very hard to tell just with the data we have right now. I mean, we see, you know, again, we look from poll to poll. Things change and yep. it's always better, you know, to look at the trends. I go to real clear politics. I look at the trends, kind of see where things are. But the 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 trend really is kind of it, it's it's very mixed right now. Right. I think you have uh, you, there's a lot of concern uh, on the Democratic side. I think that's really rallying the base on the road decision on, on the on the Dobbs case. I really do think that is making and I'll, I'll be the first to admit I didn't think it was going to have that big an impact. Um, and it doesn't it's. It's not having an impact. It's not having the impact I was afraid of for the Republican side. I was afraid, okay, rose over, go home was going to be kind of a thing for a good chunk of Republicans because for a lot of conservatives, that was the issue, but they're still yeah. fighting. But it was a good rallying moment, I think, for Democratic voters. And 
at the same side. Like I said, you look at the ABC News Washington Post poll that came out over the weekend, and it had a lot of bad signs economically for uh, Biden and the Democrats. It's really very hard. We, we've got a few seconds left before we have to hit the bottom of the hour break. So your, your gut feeling right now, if nothing changes between now and Election Day, what's the tally on the Senate? I think uh, Democrats will end up walking away with uh, 52 votes in the Senate. Really? In the Senate, yeah. Okay. I really feel strong. And I've, I've been predicting the opposite. Really? I, 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 you think they're going to be at 48? I, I really, I, the, the trends on Nevada and the trends on Georgia, just they're speaking to me in ways that they're obviously not speaking to you. But it's, I think those are the two races to watch. I really think that nothing else matters. I think that you could very well lose. I mean, the, the, the Republicans can lose. Pennsylvania, definitely. But what's going to happen in Arizona? I still don't know on that, but I really do think that those two races are, are the two that, that could very well flip. All right, we got to take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, we'll have more. Plus, I do want to talk a little bit later on about the, uh, the field trip scandal in East Baton Rouge Parish. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham. See, I pulled out all my best bumpers for Steven. Cause I was, I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I I did ask several, a couple months ago, I said, look, I have the show, I want you on. And I just had not had a chance to bring you on, but I'm loving I'm loving the show so far. Yeah, it feels like It feels like a more relaxed wing at Wednesday yep. because Bernie is not bearing over our shoulder right. telling us to stay on track. Exactly. And we get to talk, <laughs> we get about the things that are Whatever really comes important. up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, uh, speaking of that, let's let's go into kind of what we were talking about during the break without mm-hmm. giving away too many secrets and too right. many confidences. Candidate recruitment in yeah. Louisiana for the Democratic Party. That's got to be an uphill battle on its own. But now you've got a big gubernatorial year and seemingly nobody to take that seat. Yeah, well, you know, that was probably one of the hardest things that I dealt with as in uh, running the Louisiana Democratic Party was hearing my governor say, that it wasn't his responsibility to recruit candidates. and uh, Oh, no. My God. Okay, well, then whose job is it? Certainly it was mine, but you're not really helping me, brother. Um, like, I want to give you more people to actually vote your way on things. I want to give more people that can help you. So if, if that you listen, is a problem. If you listen closely right now, you can hear the voice of Moon Grafon saying, well, he doesn't, ta- he doesn't accept responsibility for anything. But anyway, could, well, please Yeah, continue. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that I think is is an important thing to look at is is general candidate recruitment and and what's going on right now. Sadly, um, and I say this, you know, um, I've always been disappointed in our in our side of our caucuses, um, the House and the Senate uh, Democratic caucuses. I don't think that they do enough. And I realize Mm -hmm. that my good friend, uh, the Senator Boudreaux, uh, is running our caucus right now. But I want to see them leaning in more. Um, yeah. into not only, and it's the little thing, d- don't tell me about the candidates that can self-finance right? and that will come in in the last 90 days of an election right at qualifying to run a race. That That's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. You shouldn't have to be a millionaire in order to be able to afford to be a state rep. Kind of takes away the whole point of the process, the right? The whole darn process, exactly. So we've got to do better at that. And I think right now, one of the things that I try and do. And one of the things that I'd like to see our state party doing a little bit more, I always was doing deep grassroots training. We were teaching people how to use our voter file. We were teaching them how to use the analytics. We were teaching them then how to use those tools. Once you find out who likely will support you, how do you engage with them? 
So that was that was a question I thought about when I was on my way. Full disclosure, I left my headphones, my new headphones that I'd ordered. They came in yesterday. I left them at home, so I drove home before the show, came back a few minutes before you got here. And one of the questions I thought was, you know, on the national stage, conservatives have the Leadership Institute, and that's where any can anybody that wants to go and train, be trained to be a candidate or trained to work on a campaign, you go. That is the 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 pinnacle of candidacy training, where they teach you how to be a candidate, all the kind of all the things you're talking yeah. about. What do the Democrats have nationally or or you know locally statewide? What 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 do the Democrats have in in kind of an equal measure? Well, first off, you know, and and this is one of the things that I'm very jealous of uh, for the Republicans. Uh, we always joke that uh, that Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. And man, uh, the number of conversations I've had that wouldn't it be great if we could do it like the Republicans and just mandate it? Um, we've got a lot of different groups that are doing yeah. a lot of great trainings and a lot of amazing work. Uh, certainly one of the groups that I support um, a great deal is Emerge. Um, and Emerge is doing a lot to actually get uh, more women, uh, yeah. more Democratic women to stand up and run and giving them the tools mm -hmm. uh, and the training in order to be able to do that. I also have been a big fan and was previously on their board of directors, um, the Victory Fund, does a lot to help um, LGBTQ candidates mm -hmm. um, actually get better at messaging and realizing that in this day and age, I mean, right now, gun to my head, I could not tell you how many member LGBTQ members of Congress we have. And do you realize how difficult that is for me to admit? Because I got to tell you, for the longest time, that was literally my job. Okay, so I know cinema, but I think you guys are about to write her off. Um and I, so you had Katie Hill, who my boss at Red State is actually the one that led to her getting or led to her resigning. That's all I can, and that's just two bisexuals. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Goodness, that is a good question. I, I have no idea. We've got David Cicilline. We've got you know so many great uh, individuals that um, are are there and leading. Um, that quite frankly, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I don't know. You know, certainly Tammy Baldwin mm -hmm. uh, is a United States senator um, and has done so much great work for us. And, you know, you know, Kirsten Cinema, interestingly enough, I was uh, used to do traveling roadshows with her yeah. uh, to raise money for National Stonewall Democrats, uh, a former organization that I helped lead. And, uh, yeah, it's disconcerting uh, to see some of the I, debacles she, we run into. With well, her. that's it's so you go from being a code pink activist to yep. um, a very left leaning senator out of Arizona, which admittedly, you've got to be a little more purple than than blue to, to be in Arizona. Yep. But the the shift that's happening and the way she's positioned herself is either she's reading a lot into the tea leaves that, that even you and I can't see or she has been fooling a lot of people all along. I think the the most incriminating thing happened yesterday when Keith Olbermann admitted that he dated her one time. Oh my goodness. That happened on, <laughs> he he admitted that on Twitter I, yesterday. That's to me that's disqualified. Uh, okay, well, okay, I hear that. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I like all of the good work that he does, uh, with, uh, dogs. Yeah. So I'm a big fan <laughs> of uh, his work there and I'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, I mean, having spent the hours, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we were at rubber chicken dinners together, uh, sitting beside each other because I would typically always have to follow her and yeah. her speak and she always did a great job, but I was very shocked, um, at where she's come down so on issues. Had, let's just going off on this tangent for a minute. The, the comments at the McConnell Institute, the I want to bring back the 60 vote rule for just for, for judges. How, mm. She wants to bring back the filibuster 
for judges. It's a very interesting kind of out of nowhere proposition. I mean, we, we knew she was against eliminating the filibuster entirely. Right. But to bring it back for judicial nominees. It, it seems like she's all over the place on a lot of these topics, which is hard for me to keep track with. Yeah. Um, uh, what I, I certainly think that I would love to see them just bring back the talking filibuster. Yes. Like if you literally are going to stand up and put the hold, you know, and they can be anonymous where one senator can put a hold on a vote. Yeah. Indefinitely is to me not democratic in any way, shape or form. I don't care if it's one of us. That's doing it. I just think it's crazy that one person could hold that much power over an 100 member body. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I would like to see the talking filibuster. I want to see like those old movies, I, the I black will, and white movies. I'll be completely honest with you. As as much as I'm in favor of keeping the filibuster, I do love the idea of going back to to the talking filibuster. I yes. think that would be great. I think that would be great. I mean, seeing uh, the folks that have to do that. Now, I don't know that we need to go as extreme as Texas and their rules yeah. on the filibuster because they you can't lean mm -hmm. up against anything. You, you, you can't take a bathroom break. You can't pause to let someone else yeah. take over the argument. Like, there should be some of that, but... Yeah, I, I'd like to go back to that. I, what I know right now is it's not working. Yeah. Uh, with having to get 70, uh, 60 votes for anything, it's just not working for anyone. I mean, there are some, me included, who might say that, hey, Congress not doing anything is actually a, a, <laughs> a feature of the system, not a bug. Well, uh, you know, I'd like to think both, that both we... Both ways on that. Right. Both ways. I, we've got to be evolving. There are certain problems that have not been addressed in a very long time. For example, I work a lot in campaign finance. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm really kind of salty about is we have not revisited campaign finance mm -hmm. in any significant way since McCain-Feingold. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess Feingold, are they both dead now? They're both dead. Yeah, they are. Okay, so I mean, that alone... <laughs> That alone, I was like, I was doing it like, so we've got to do something about that. You know, we, we've got to really look into the way that we play. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, of course, am a big fan of state parties, both the Republican side yeah. and the Democratic side, more the Democrats. Uh, but, you know, the limits that they have, their um, campaign finance contribution limits have not increased yeah. since McCain-Feingold passed. Well, I mean, and, you know, it's interesting there's that one side, but then we also have the Citizens United, you know, that that whole decision that's still controversial to uh, more more folks on your side than mine. Uh, but I, that's another interesting aspect of the whole campaign financing. All right, let's talk. Let's take a break. I'm trying to decide if I want to continue with this or if I want to jump to the East Baton. I made I, I think I'm going to hold the East Baton Rouge thing till tomorrow. Okay. I'm, I'm having too much fun in this conversation. All right. We're going to be back here on the Joe Cunningham show. Stephen Hanwerk joining me. We'll be back to talk about more. Wrap up the show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Once again, solid bumper music as we were talking about campaign finance. So naturally, Pink Floyd's money has to play. Yeah, of course. Unintended. That was completely <laughs> unintended, but I do approve of the way these things work out. All right. 232-1542 if you want to call in. Stephen Hanwork, a Democratic strategist, is in. Um, no, I'm not just letting Democratic talking points run roughshod over the, over the show. You guys oh, know that. Oh, but come on. But I, I I like the conversation because I I like the the insight into the other side, uh, and you know we're we're gonna have much more fun talking about the strategy than the actual oh, yeah. ideology anyway. exactly. And I you know kind of going off what we were talking about at the beginning of last segment, the candidate recruitment side here in Louisiana. So we've got a governor, limited Democratic governor, 
with no heir apparent. And as you said, he's not accept, he, he's not taking responsibility and trying to find a replacement. Although part of me wonders if his team moving over Luke Mixon was not the start of that. And because I've, I've suspected that the reason Gary Chambers is taking up this long shot move against Kennedy is to build up a statewide platform for a possible gubernatorial run or just a statewide network to where he can start kind of cherry picking some of the, uh, the candidates that he would like to see. Well, I certainly think that Gary is being incredibly smart about marketing himself. Right. Now, what that actually means and what sort of, you know, phases only that Gary will knows. take, only Gary knows. Um, and and look, I'm not going to slight him for that. He's mm. getting some topics out there. We are talking about stuff that without him in the race, we never would you, have been You have about. me on the drug reform issue. Yeah. Like, right, right. I would gladly sit down. I don't care if they're further to the left than right. Bernie Sanders. We're going to talk about drug reform. I'm in. I, I want to have that conversation. Absolutely right. And, and so I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired, though, by the work he's doing. Now, if we can draw anything from the tea leaves about, you know, the Luke Mixon, I mean... I like Luke. Um, mm. He's a nice guy. I'm sure he would be incredibly. You, that, that nice guy my, sounds an awful lot like bless his heart. Well, bless his heart. Um, I, the thing that I, I still have a problem with is he's never run anything. I right. mean, you know, I, I certainly respect his service to our nation. I certainly respect, you know, him uh, running uh, flights and, and, and doing a good job as a pilot. My main issue there is, though, is that I'm sorry, we don't need a, a lot of folks that have never tried to build whip votes, mm -hmm. um, never tried to pass a piece of le write a piece of legislation. That's problematic to me. Yeah. Um, and I would like to see people run for school boards, for city councils, for you know parish presidents. I would like to see those sorts of uh, of candidates step forward that have a little bit of experience in trying to marshal people to a cause. So should this should 2023 be the rebuilding season for the state Democratic Party? Should, you know, throw, well, in, throw in somebody, but but start to work on these more local candidates and start building up a bench, because that's frankly what no I doubt. think the Democratic Party really needs uh, nationwide is to start building up a bench because behind who we see the who we see running, we, we don't see much coming up from behind. Right. Well, Here's here's what my advice, and I'm sure no one, um, uh, hopefully folks uh, will listen on my side. What we got to stop doing is chasing where we thought our voters were years ago. Yeah. Because they're no longer there. Okay. And I really do support, and I know that there's a lot of great people working in uh, central Louisiana. I got called out for making my comment that I did on uh, Winging It <laughs> Wednesday the last time. Uh, there are some great people doing some great stuff in Senla, um, and I respect that. But the thing is, Look at these parishes like Jefferson Parish. Uh, look, I'll be honest. Sinlaw is, you don't look at Sinlaw for a whole lot of activity one way, the economic, right. political, anything. Yep. Sinlaw just does not have that sphere of influence right. that the other, these other parts of the state we're talking about do. But when you look at Jefferson Parish, if you would have told me when I first took the job as executive director back in like 2011 that we would be winning races in Jefferson Parish, yeah. I would have laughed at you. I would have told you I'm not investing a penny there. But now we actually look at those districts. There are several seats that Republicans hold currently that should not be in those seats, not according to their demographics. Right. And because of term limits coming up, we've got some really good chances there. So I hope the state party will focus on those sorts of races because the demographics have changed. And if we're constantly going to be chasing after the voters from 1990 and 2000, guess what? We're never going to take anything back. 
All right, let's go ahead and let's take a call because we've got a call coming in. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who are we talking to? Uh, this is Jim. Hey, Jim, how are you today? Quick question for our guests. It's a yes or no and why, either way. Is he better off today than he was two years ago? That's all I have. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. So, yeah, um, I, I think we're getting kind of a, a political point there. Are you better off today than you were two years ago? Absolutely. Um, I'm absolutely better off today. Um, we now have a, a, a vaccine for COVID. Mm-hmm. We didn't two years ago. Uh, we now actually have. But who started that process? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 Fauci did. Um, actually, um, so look, I'll give credit to the previous administration in that they didn't stand in the way of our folks, which is really what we have to do. It's not get in the way. Right. But I do believe we had some blips in that where we were talking about injecting bleach. Um, that's where you lost me. Well, you probably lost me before that, if I'm being honest, you, but still. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Right. But also, too, I'm looking at it just generally financially. I'm looking at the stability in our markets. Our markets are much more solid than they were before. Um, I think that knowing that we have a firm relationship now with our, our allies across the, across the world, that we're not pulling out of our relationships, our long-form relationships, and we're actually dealing with it, I think we're better. All right. Uh, let's see. we got about a minute left. So let's, let's, let's wrap up the conversation because yep. I, I really want to – Again, just kind of talk about what we're seeing here. That we, we talk about the national stuff all the time. Yep. Um, and actually, you know what? We've, we've got one call. We've got just enough time. I'm going to let this caller hop on. Hi, caller. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who are we talking to? It's Charlie. Hey, Charlie, what you got? Hey, man, uh, uh, you guess there. Uh, that guy's got a warped sense of reality, man. I don't, I don't know what, what, what lens he's looking through, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad his life and everything he likes is going okay, but uh, on the other side of the spectrum, it's not so good. So that's all I got, man. He needs to reevaluate. All right, Charlie. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, and and you know that's that. I think that's that's one of the reasons that um, that I find our conversation so fascinating because there's not going to be. I mean, we're, it's not like a Hannity and Combs right. thing where we're just screaming at right. each other. We're we're having this conversation. We're having this dialogue. Um, there are times I wanted to push back and get into the argument, but I, I wanted I want to legitimately get your thoughts because every day for an hour everybody gets my thoughts on this. I want to get your perspective. So, thank you, Stephen, very much for joining us today. Always a I pleasure to talk it. to you. It's a blast. I love it. Let's do it again sometime. I absolutely want to. I think it would be a stellar time. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a twenty-three hour break. Uh, when we come back, I do want to talk about the East Baton Rouge thing. And if you guys have missed that story, DJ Digital has it up on. Uh, kpl965.com. In the meantime, let's go ahead and take this break. Uh, Shannon is off size next. Old School Nerd is going to be joining him. I'll talk to you guys again real soon here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And of course, subscribe to the podcast version of the show. This will be up in a little while. Talk to you guys soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.